0: Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. You know, as parents, we often get mocked that mums aren't funny. Well, I don't know if it's true for you, but that's often what is said to me—that mums aren't funny. I'm always, if not mostly, the butt. Of many jokes, but I want to prove to you this morning that mums can be funny because I read an article uh, last week and it made me laugh. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to prove to you, Mitch Jordan Bailey, (laughs) that mums can be funny. And there was this lady by the name of Marlene and she was pulled over by a policeman for speeding. The policeman approached the driver's door and she said, Is there a problem, officer? He said, "'Madam,' that's his first problem, "uh, "'Madam, you were speeding. Can I see your licence, please?' She responded, "'I'd give it to you, but I don't have one.'" "'You don't have one? I lost it four times for drink driving.'" (laughs) The policeman was shocked. "'I see. Can I then see your vehicle registration papers, please?' "'Oh, I'm sorry,' said Marlene. "'I can't do that either.'" Why not, asked the officer, because I stole the car. The officer said, you stole it? She said, yes, and I killed the owner. At this point, the officer got worried. You what, he said. He's in the trunk if you want to see. The officer looked at her and slowly backed away to his car and called for backup. Within minutes, five police cars showed up surrounding the car. A senior officer slowly approached the car, clasping his half-drawn gun. The senior officer asked, Madam, again, another problem, could you step out of your vehicle, please? Marlene stepped out and said, is there a problem, officer? Yes, madam. One of my officers told me that you have stolen this car and murdered the owner. Murdered the owner? The officer responded, yes. Could you open the trunk of your car, please? So Marlene proceeded to open the trunk, revealing nothing. The officer said, is this your car, miss? She replied, yes, and handed over the registration papers to him. The officer, understandably, was quite stunned, One of my officers claims that you do not have a driving licence. Marlene dug into her purse, revealing a licence, and handed it to the officer. The officer examined the licence. He looked quite puzzled. Thank you, madam. One of my officers told me you didn't have a licence. You stole this car and you murdered the owner. Quite shocked, Marlene replied, and I bet that liar told you I was speeding too. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Carly. Oh, come on! That does Mum's funny? <laughs> I've never actually had to use that, but I will have that printed up and keep it in my pocket. Awesome. Well, happy Mother's Day, as has been said to everyone. Hey, we just wanted to acknowledge and celebrate every woman here this morning because we know that the room is made up of those who are natural mums, those who are mums by adoption. There are single mums. There are some who have chosen not to be mums. There are some who are in the process and the struggle of desiring Desperately to be mums and those who've lost their mums. And as Tony mentioned, we love you, we're for you, you've got this, uh, you are not alone, you are in a company of people who love you. And I always say, you know what, you bring your pain to church. You don't stay away when you're in trouble, when you're hurting, you come to church because Jesus and his family is the best place to be able to come and bring healing and hope to your situation. So we're so glad and grateful. That That you are here today. Well, I do get the privilege and the opportunity to share with us this morning. And I don't know if any of you, because other than being paid out about how much I don't uh, have a sense of humour, I also get mocked in my family for some of my old sayings. I whip out some of these sayings that I've obviously grown up in that kids and even the staff have never heard and they look at me quite puzzled. But who's heard of the saying, up the garden path? Oh, thank you. (laughs) That would really fall flat if everyone went, I've never heard of that one. But literally by definition, up the garden path simply means to deceive someone or to cause them to think or to move or to choose a wrong direction. And uh, quite recently, my husband and BJ uh, went for a walk. We uh, live in Golden Grove and there's the Cobbler Creek area. And I don't know, Tony got a bee in his bonnet and thought it'd be great if he and BJ went for a walk along Cobbler's Creek. So they drove the car to the car park. They parked it uh, there and they proceeded to go for a nice walk through Cobbler's Creek. And they were enjoying talking to one another and looking at the sights and getting quite deep in conversation. And then they looked at their watch and thought, okay, it's time to go back. So they turned around and started wandering back. But in the process of wandering back and being deep in conversation, they weren't paying too much attention to where they were heading and just followed a track. And about two hours after they left, I received a phone call. And Tony rang me and I said, hey, what's going on? I knew he'd gone for a walk, Cobbler's Creek. And he said, "Um, we kind of took a wrong path and we've ended up two kilometres away from where the car is. Can you bring the other car to pick us up and drive us back to our car? And it just got me thinking about the fact that we follow tracks in life, that we often just cannot look at what's going on, put our heads down, just follow areas that are forged ahead of us. And as mums, as parents as leaders, teachers, as authority figures, we have a responsibility that the tracks we leave are tracks worth following. And so just like Tony and Bailey were led up the garden path, the title of my message this morning is Up the Garden Path. Because if people are following me, I want to make sure the tracks I leave are not leading them up the garden path, but in actual fact, are leading them closer and closer to Jesus. And so, my scripture, because it is church, even though it's Mother's Day, you need to have a scripture. My scripture today is found in 2 Timothy, and it's where the Apostle Paul is speaking to Timothy. And it's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. If you've got your Bible, you can read along. It will be on the side screens so or if you're watching online, it'll come up in the lower thirds there. But it's Timothy, Paul is saying to Timothy, as I think of your strong faith that was passed down through your family line, it began with your grandmother Lois, who passed it on to your dear mother Eunice, and it's clear that you too are following in the footsteps of their godly example. As I've already mentioned, you and I leave footprints on this earth. You may have heard there's a carbon footprint that you leave. There's an economic footprint that you leave. There's a social footprint that you leave. There's a digital footprint that you leave. And I totally believe that there's a spiritual footprint that you and I leave. And the footprints that we leave create The path, just like when Tony and Bailey were walking, somebody had obviously walked this path before. Their frequency of walking had created a diversion that when they weren't concentrating, they took what looked and seemed like a path, but instead of leading them to where they should have gone, it led them up. The garden path. And I don't know about you this morning, but I don't want to be a woman who leads people up the garden path. I want to be a Eunice. I want to be a Lois who leads a path that the Apostle Paul looked at their son and grandson and said, I know. That he's a godly man because of the footsteps he takes. He's following in the footsteps of your example. And I thought this morning, it would be great to be able to just share some of those things because one of the privileges that Tony and I had in these last two weeks, we went to New Zealand to go to conference, to bring to kidnap and bring back Mitch. Not really, we, but we did bring him back. We um, also had a staff Uh, opportunity with our other Life campuses and we met together as a staff. And it was such a privilege when Pastor Paul introduced Tony and myself to the other staff members of Life uh, Melbourne and Life in New Zealand. One of the things he said was this, everybody loves Mitch. And I know Mitch loved it that when we got there after being uh, 21 years here at Victory, being Uh, Tony and Kath's son, when we got to New Zealand, we were suddenly Mitchie's mum and dad, which Mitchie really, really loved. But when um, Pastor Paul was introducing us uh, to the staff and just letting a bit of information, the thing he said really touched me. And he said, obviously, you've all met Mitch, you love Mitch, you know, such a godly man, the things that he's doing. But he just said, their family is a testimony and a testament to putting God first. And I just thought you know what, that's what I want to be. My name might not be Lois and Eunice, but I want to be Kath, who leads people with a godly example that they can follow confidently and not end up the garden path, but end up closer to Jesus. And I just wanted to spend a little bit of time this morning just to give some keys, some things, some footprints that Tony and I have laid that have created a path that it can be said of our children. Now, yes, yes, I say, thank you, Jesus, because we're not perfect. It's not about us, but there is our part to play. There's some things that we did that we have um, put together, some footprints that we have been consistent in, that we've done, that our kids have been able to follow, and it's been a testament to you. So do you wanna hear what some of those footprints are this morning? Awesome. Well, the first one is this. They're the the footprints of protection. Turn to the person next to you and say, protection. Now, I'm not gonna ask for a hands up because I'm pretty sure, other than my father-in-law, every person in the auditorium this morning and perhaps those online, when you left your house, you locked your house, correct? Most people, when they leave their home, they lock their house. You've, you've pulled up in a car to church this morning. Now, it's church, Good men, women, children, people who love God. But I guarantee every one of you locked your car in the car park today. You didn't just leave it open. And the reason we do that is because we want to protect our earthly investments. We want to protect our valuables. And I'm flabbergasted and staggered at the amount of money that you and I will spend on protecting our earthly treasures. And yet we don't protect the hearts and minds of the next generation. I'm telling you that if any one of us were in a situation where we saw someone trying to kidnap somebody, we wouldn't just stand back and watch and think, oh, that's interesting. I'll just take a note of the time in case they'll have to do a police report. I guarantee the majority of us would intervene because it's not right. We would see somebody, a, a child screaming, this is not right, someone trying to take them. You and I would intervene and step in. And yet... When it comes to the hearts and minds of our next generation, we let the equivalent of spiritual kidnappers into our homes. How, you may ask? I say social media, television, peer pressure, the things we allow our kids to get away with. Now, I'm not trying to be prudish. I think I'm being pertinent right now. And I'm not going to put onto you some of the things that we did, but this is what I do want to say. Mum and Dad... You do not have to give up your authority. Mum and Dad, God has placed you in a role and a position where your role is to protect the next generation, is to protect those within your care. And I know we live in a woke, is that the right word? God, we live in a woke generation. We live in a cancel culture. If you speak up, if you say something that people will boo you down, they'll shout you down. But God is saying, you know what, church, if you want to have a generation that follow in your godly footsteps, then you're going to have to protect the next generation. And you and I need to draw a line in the sand and say, no more. This is not happening. While I'm in control, this is not happening. I have understood that as a family woman, I am the gatekeeper to my home. And I we have had stand-up conversations face-to-face, nose-to-nose, eyes-to-eyes when we, with our children to say, in this house, uh-uh. And I'm not going to back off and I'm not going to relinquish my authority because it's God given and I'm mum. And guess what? Mum really does know best. But church, we have to understand, we need to protect The next generation. There's so much garbage that comes into our homes. And if it comes into our homes, it comes into our kids' minds. It comes into our kids' hearts. And the Bible says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, which means the things that they've filled themselves up with is the things that are going to filter out through them. And I've got a responsibility to protect my kids from that. And you know what? Sometimes they don't like that. And I'm okay with that. Because I'm like, that's my role. That's what I do. And I just want this morning to put some courage into some men and women, to put some courage into some teachers, to put some courage into some bosses, to put some courage into some leaders to say, don't back off. You don't have to. I don't care what the world says. All I know is that people can look over my shoulder and say, I love the way your family interact. I love the way your kids honour Jesus. I love the way. And you know what? That didn't just happen. It's because I just said, not in this house, sunshine. It ain't happening. And when it comes to this church, it's exactly the same. I love it when people come. I love seeing new uh, guys and girls come into church. But when I see a new guy come into church and then I see him eyeing off a young girl, guess who else is in there? I'm next to that young girl because I'm like, dude, she's one of mine. And if you want to get to her, you're going to come through mama. And if mama is not happy, guess what? On your way. That's what you need to do. Otherwise, you know what? We, do, we may as well, like I said, let the kidnapper have them. We've taken Nathaniel Hodgson can tell you. That for those of you who don't know, Nathaniel is our son-in-law. And apparently I learnt at the wedding, Tony's not the scary one. I am. Go figure. But I remember when he was dating Jordan and some of the things, we had uh, Marie Dion come and do a women's conference. So we went out to dinner and we took Nathaniel. We told Nathaniel, Nathaniel, if Auntie Marie's happy, we're happy. <laughs> and I've done that along. We've done that with other relationships and different, t- different people saying, if so-and-so's happy, we're happy. Because you know what? I've got a responsibility to protect the next generation and so do you. So we don't back off. And can I say this as a side note? There's a big difference between, between protection and I forgot the word I was going to use, <laughs> but it's about the fact that you know what, well, um, making excuses for your kids, or um, oh, anyway, I should look at my notes, it always goes wrong when I go off note. What I want to say is this don't protect your kids difficulty. I want to protect them from sin. I want to protect them from things that are ungodly. I want to protect them from things that are wrong, but I'm not going to protect them from difficulty. There's a big difference between difficulty and bad things. And so again, maturity doesn't come with age, but it comes with responsibility. So my point and my thought is this, just parents don't jump in. Protect them by all means, but don't rescue. That was what I was going to say. There's a difference between rescue and protection and we're to protect our next generation, but we don't necessarily have to rescue them. My kids often went to school if they forgot their lunch, if they forgot their homework, if they forgot jumpers, if they forgot something, they would try and ring. And in the end, they soon realised, don't bother ringing mum. Because I was like, I'm not going to bring it to you, even if I am home. No, no, seriously, and again, now you know why Nathaniel's harsh. <laughs> I had a fight with the school once because my kids kept leaving their uh, lunch. Because they realised the school then started to buy them lunch. And I was like, dude, you're not helping me. I want him to go, uh, them, to go hungry. Oops. I want them to go hungry so they understand they won't forget it next time. But if I rescue them every time, I'm sorry if you were cold today, sweetheart. You won't forget your jumper tomorrow, will you? But what were you doing, Mum? Oh, I was home then why couldn't you bring it? Because you need to learn to not forget to bring it. Don't rescue your kids, but protect them. Awesome. The other step, the other footstep that we've put in place so that we can create a path that leads our kids to Jesus is the footstep of parameters. I truly believe we need to instal a GPS in the hearts of this next generation. And you know what a GPS does? I know what a GPS, I would be lost <laughs> without a GPS. Because a GPS can get me from where I am to where I wanna go. A GPS, and I hear it quite often, recalculating route, recalculating route, recalculating route, because if we take a wrong turn, the GPS brings us back on track. A GPS often goes, dun-dun, this speed camera ahead, red light camera. GPS warns us of impending Danger. A GPS can even let us know, now we don't suffer so much here in Adelaide, but in other states and especially overseas, of toll roads. Again, it gives a warning to say this is a toll road. You will pay a price if you take this route. We have to instil a GPS into the kids and the next generation. And that GPS is simply this, Godly Perimeter System. GPS. Godly parameter system. We need our next generation to know, no, you know what? God and His Word and His ways direct our life. It's like a GPS. It helps you get from here to there. You want to be able to say, I want people to say of me, I walk in the footsteps of those before me. I say to my kids, if you want that, then you need a godly parameter system so it can keep you on track. It's gonna say to you from here to here, here's the route. Now stick to it. And when you come off route, it's going to go, uh ah, recalculating route. It's going to, warning signs are going to go off saying, hang on, if you do that, if you do that, there's a cost to that. Are you prepared to pay the price of doing that? It's going to do warning signs saying, hey, some danger here. There's a speed trap you need to slow down. We as parents need to have a godly parameter system instilled in our kids. A parameter simply by definition is a limit or a boundary. And what they've discovered is that when people have boundaries, they enjoy a sense of belonging and protection. And there was an article by Focus on the Family, I love it, it says this. In the early days of the progressive education movement, an enthusiastic theorist decided to take down the fence that surrounded a primary school oval. He thought that children would feel more freedom of movement without a visible barrier surrounding them. When the fence was removed, they huddled near the centre of the oval." In other words, by removing the perceived boundary, which was supposed to have the kids feel like we've got all this freedom, it was the exact opposite. They huddled in the middle of the oval because they didn't know where their boundaries were. It says when the fence was reinstalled, they would wander confidently to the fence line because they had a security in knowing where the boundary was. Mums, dads, parents, teachers, leaders, Christians. Let's hold on to God's Word as our boundary lines. It's confidence. It puts a confidence in you and I. I, We say to our young people all the time, when God says, don't have sex before marriage, it's not because He's a party pooper. It's not because he doesn't like sex. He understands that when you cross that boundary, you give of yourself to another human being. And if you're not married, then you can be doing that and giving over and over and over and over of yourself to other people that aren't your one and only forever bride or groom. It's not because He doesn't love you or care for you. It's because He does love you and care for you. The same with giving. We fight about should I give, shouldn't I give. It's part of God's parameter system because He says, you know what? You can do more with your 90% of your income when you put me first than you can do with 100% totally and wholly owned. He says, put me to the test. It's one of His guiding systems. And you and I have got to let the Word of God be a parameter to us. It's a safety net. We need to flick the switch on how we view God's will and His way as not this man who's like, can't be pleased and he's keeping us on the short and narrow. No, he's just keeping the fence there. You can go to the edge of the fence. You can go right there, but the boundaries are there so that you know how far you can go. There's a sheriff's office in Texas and it says how to raise a juvenile delinquent. It says, begin with infancy to give the child everything they want. This will ensure they believe that the world owes them a living. Pick up everything they leave lying around. This will teach them they can always throw off responsibility onto others. Take their side against authority figures. They're all prejudiced against your child and they are a free spirit and never wrong. And finally, prepare yourself for a life of grief. You're going to have it. That's what's written on the Texas Sheriff's County Office. If we don't pass on a godly parameter system to the next generation, the next generation are going to be captivated by the four main values of today's culture. And that's what we see today. The culture of pleasure. I want to feel good. The culture of possessions. I want to have lots of stuff. The culture of prestige. I want others to envy me. And finally, the culture of power. I want to be in control. A godly parameter system will stop us leading others up the garden path. The other footstep that we've uh, created our path is the footstep of possibilities. I believe sincerely that this generation needs to hear no. It needs to hear no. But it also needs to have people believe in them. We can't just constantly be saying, no, 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 no. We need to back up our no with a belief in this next generation. They need to hear, I think you can do that. They need to hear, I think you'd be amazing at that. They need to hear, hey, why not have a go? Hey, why not try it out? Uh, For those of you who may not know, when Mitch was born, he was born with no fingers on his left hand. And when he got to the age of about... I think it was later in life, it was probably about 10 or 12, he decided he wanted to play basketball. Now, I'm a mother and I'm concerned for my child. I'm thinking, you're actually quite short and you've got one hand. So inside, I'm thinking, are you mad? Why would you choose basketball? At least soccer, you can use your feet, you're not allowed to use your hands. Inside, internally, that's what I'm thinking. Externally, we're like, hey, give it a go. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? You suck. Dave. Hey, you can live with that. But that's how we need to be. Just, you know what, I'm not going to tell him th- in that instance because I need to reserve my no for where it counts. I need to reserve my no for you're not behaving that way in this house. I need to reserve my no for you are not going out looking like that. I need to reserve my no for you will not speak to another person in that manner. I need to reserve my no for the things that matter, not for the things that don't. So we were like, Mitch, go for it. He plays the guitar. I was like, I don't know, but go for it. He climbed trees, um, whatever. I don't know, go for it. And again, another side note, what I believe we've done really well. Somebody said to us many years ago before kids, when you have kids, let them do dangerous things, then they won't do sinful things. And so, you know what? As a mother, I get it. There's sometimes when you see what they're doing, you think, oh, don't do that. Don't, don't, no, don't. But inside, you can think it externally. Just be their cheerleader. Just what's the worst that can happen? We have a frequent card at the emergency department. The Jacksons do anyway. (laughs) Like, what's the worst that can happen? I remember Mitch They had friends over. In fact, Dan McGaw is here and it was his younger brother, Nathan, and they got one of those plastic cubby um, swings from when they were little and they weren't using it anymore. So they pushed it up to the swimming pool and they were sliding into the pool. Then they got bored with that. I mean, they're boys and this is boring. So they decided to climb on top of it and then jump from that. Now, you can imagine water and plastic. It's kind of a nightmare for an OHS situation, And I was just about to say, hey, stop, someone's gonna get hurt, when I saw Mitchie fall. And now, you know what? Rainbows have got big heads, so it is always handy that they land on their heads. But he smacked his head on the side of the pool. And here's my first thought oh, thank God it was my boy and not Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) But he's got an egg to show for it. He's got scars all over his bodies. We used to say to him, don't worry Mitch, chicks dig scars. Whatever. But the fact is this next generation need to know that we believe in them. They need to know there's a possibility. You want them to walk in a godly example where others can follow them and make their way closer to Jesus, then believe in them. Give them possibilities. Tell them that they're amazing. And then finally, as the band come up, the last footstep is the footstep of prayer. You know what it doesn 't matter how gifted you are, how talented you are, as I open with today, I believe we 've done some things absolutely as Mum and Dad. I believe in this as leaders of this house we 've done some things, but the Bible says, do not rely on your own strength, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, and we have not done it without prayer and so Mums and dads, remember this: pray over. Your kids. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. We've prayed over every one of our kids. We still, Bailey is 14. We lay on the bed next to her every night. We pray that she would grow in wisdom, favour, stature with both God and man. Pray over your kids, pray for your kids plenty of opportunities where you just think, oh, I'm concerned about this. You pray for them, speak life over them. Say, God, the plans that you've placed within their hearts, I think that you'd bring that to to the fore. You would bring it to pass. Pray for your kids. But here's the most, I think, the most impacting way we can pray with our kids is to pray with them. Hey, Look for an opportunity say, listen to their dreams, listen to what's going on in their heart and in their mind, what they're hoping for and saying, hey, how about we pray together? Let's believe together for this. Where are you wanting to go in life? that Your life partner, let's believe together. Let's do this together. What I've discovered in 27 years of ministry is that I can't pass on what I don't have. And we use the Scripture, train a child in the way they should go and they will not depart from it, which I absolutely 100% believe. But I found this quote by Abraham Lincoln, who said, there is just one way to bring up a child in the way that he should go. And that is that we travel the same road. And Carly, you can take that stand for me. I just wanna finish with this this morning. Prayer is simply talking to Jesus. And mum, dad, teacher, authority figure, Christian, are you talking to Jesus? Because you can't take people where you haven't been yourself. And there's such a power when we lead the way in prayer. And I want to encourage you, no matter where you find yourself this morning, maybe you've let that side of your Christianity slip, or maybe you've never actually considered it. There's a lot to be gained, not only for you in prayer, but for family members who are behind you and following you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life, and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.